Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey there, mother lovers. We are back with another episode of Last Call at McLaren's. I am Josh Rayner here with my best bud, John. John, how you doing? I'm good tonight. How about you? Yeah, man, I'm great. Uh, it's a couple of really good episodes. You know, uh, I love this first one that w- that we're going to talk about here. And uh, it, it's, it's, one of, it's one of my favorites from season one because of, uh, you know, a, a certain thing. That's in there, yeah. which we'll get to. <laughs> like, but that for the second, though, it's crazy to think that these two pieces of a puzzle are in the same episode because I had never really thought about it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, for those of you who are unaware, if you're, you know, not paying attention, I don't know why you're watching. But if you're not, we are on season one, episode seven, Matchmaker. Uh, this yep. aired November seventh, two thousand five. Directed by Pamela Fryman, written by Chris Marcel and Sam Johnson. And the summary for this episode reads Barney and Ted visit a matchmaker who tries to find Ted the perfect woman, while Marshall and Lily find a strange creature in their apartment. Woo. That's right, folks. It's time for the Cockamouse. Cockamouse! A Cockamouse. Can't get any better than the Cockamouse. Unless, unless it's a mouse a cock, but that's a whole different thing. <laughs> so uh, I, I had a, a little side note. You know, sometimes I like to do that about this episode. This episode is the first time that we learn about Marshall's real strong belief in the paranormal. Yeah. And this is something that comes up a lot throughout the series. Yeah, but it's one of the things I really like about Marshall because some of his like is as silly as some of his arguments can be, the study and the fact and the intellectual time he has put into it, it really dedicates just how strong of a believer he is. Yeah. Yeah, we find out later he's got like binders and of stuff all over, like oh, yeah, all kinds like of stuff. And those like I'm assuming like the books are like those T V series like buy now, pay later books. Probably, um, yeah. Oh my god! And and the one that really makes me laugh the most is is his belief in Bigfoot, because yes. like it is so strong of a belief that like he is willing to kill for that. I'm sure, dude. Like, he gets so he. I mean, you see a little bit of it in here because in this episode, because Robin mentions Bigfoot, but uh, and he kind of gets 
you can see he gets defensive about it. Which oh, yeah. Is, I think it's hilarious. But, uh, yeah, uh, are you ready to dive into this? Because uh, I'm excited to talk some cockamouse. All right, so we start the episode off. Future Ted telling his kids, uh, you know, that love is a science. You know, the kids, they seem like they're, they're, they're kind of done with this. They get up to leave, but he keeps talking and they sit back down. Uh, I think this is the first time since the pilot that we've seen them get off the couch. Yep. You know, it and is. I'm curious if it's the last time we see them get off the couch. Cause. Oh man. Really I, it's, it's just the first season and like some of the second season that we even have new footage of them, you know? Yeah. So, but, uh, so we head over to the bar. Marshall and Lily come in. They're all freaked out. Lily takes Barney's drink, drinks it. And uh, this happens a few times. This is a running gag throughout the episode. Uh, And they tell the gang about something that they saw in the apartment. They flash to the apartment. Marshall and Lily come home. They're making out. And they see something that freaks them out. And it's low to the ground. And they go running out the door. Marshall says he thinks it was a mouse. Lily thinks it was a a cockroach. And I'm sitting here like... (laughs) Well, if Marshall thinks it's a mouse, then it's got to be a certain size because, you know, mice are a certain size. If Lily thinks it's a cockroach, I mean, I've never seen a cockroach in New York City, but I've seen cockroaches here, like like <laughs> where we live, and they're not that big. No. I would never confuse, but I know, I know giant cockroaches exist. Oh, yeah. I didn't. I'm curious to find, I didn't look anything like this up. I'm curious to find out if they live in New York city at all. Have you never seen Joe's apartment? I have actually. Uh, where is that? Is that set in New York city? I don't know, it's been a long time. That movie just makes me laugh. That movie does. Yeah. That's, uh, that shit's funny. That's probably, <laughs> honestly, that was probably the first time I ever actually saw like anything that was a cockroach. Like before I ever saw one in real life. Was that, was that crazy ass movie? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I'm curious because none of the ones that I've seen in real life, like in, in a place other than like the zoo, uh, have been big enough to confuse with a mouse. Just yeah. <laughs> and as we find out later on, it's, it's, there's more to it than that. Well, I love that, like, as they're telling the story, Barney's picking on Marshall and he's like, Marshall ran away from a cockroach. And he's like, it was a mouse. And he's like, you're right. You're so brave. It's like, I understand being afraid yeah. of a mouse, but not running out of the house afraid. Yeah, no, no. Like, yeah, I mean, even a cockroach, it's like, you just go kill it. Yeah. A mouse, you know, you try to catch it. I, You know what, cockroach, though? Nah. You, you are not welcome in my house. Nope. A, a mouse, I will try to, you know, catch and release. But not a cockroach. Not no. not even a little bit. I, no, I just not even know. a little. So uh, we then see a news story of Robin interviewing Ellen Pierce, the woman who runs a dating service called Love Solutions. Woo! Yeah. Barney tells Ted uh, that they have to do it so that they can pick up women. Ted, not interested at all. You know, it's a, just another one of Barney's typical ploys, you know, similar to... Uh, you know, going to the airport, you know, and that didn't work out too well for him. So I don't see why he'd want to do this one. Uh, Marshall and Lily still arguing over whether uh, what they saw was a mouse or a cockroach. 
Marshall suggests, and this is one that me and you were talking about right before we uh, went on air. Uh, the, he suggests that the only way it could be a cockroach <coughs> is if it was wearing the skin of a mouse it just killed. <laughs> Which, for, you know, the thought of that freaks Lily out, and uh, she takes Barney's drink yet again. Uh, as I said, we were talking about this, and just that image of uh, you know a giant cockroach with uh, you know the skin of a mouse, you know, reminded me. Of you know, like you know, the mountain man who's got the bear skin on him and he's roaming around, you know, and it is kind of a freaky ass thought, you know what I mean? That is, especially because, like I said, in my head, I went further and I saw a cockroach with a knife stabbing a little mouse and like skinning him himself. Like, I don't know why that's the sequel to Joe's apartment, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Joe's apartment, too. Things get dark, (laughs) yeah, they do. Joe's Apartment 2, Electric Boogaloo. Joe's Apartment 2, Lights Out. Get lights it? Out. I like <laughs> it. I like it. <laughs> so back at the apartment, Ted is sitting on the couch reading. He hears a strange noise. Obviously, it's the cockamouse. Ted doesn't know that yet, but we know that. Uh, especially if we've already seen the episode, oh, we yeah. know that. Uh, then Barney bursts through the door, tells Ted uh, that his boat which he claims he got at a police auction is sinking and about to capsize and they yep. have to go. It's they a got 45 it. degree starboard lean. Yeah, they got to go. And then we hard cut to Ted and Barney at Love Solutions. <laughs> it's all a trick. Barney got Ted there. You'd think that, you know, at the at the point of them walking into the building Ted would be like, uh, th- "This ain't the marina, guy." This yeah, but at some like- point you have to you have to just roll with it because you realize. You, I mean, especially once you pull up, like it's either you're walking the distance home or you're just gonna go in there and freaking concede. Yeah, that's true. That, I mean, that's very he, true. Even Ted says as they're filling out the paperwork, he's like, "Okay, yeah, your boat's sinking. That was a good one." Yeah, he does. So uh, Barney, you know, he's just there. To scam his way into some 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 sex, and uh, Ellen sees right through it, right through it, right through. I mean, it doesn't help that he put Jack Package on his um, uh, dude. You pronounce it wrong. It's Jack Package. Package. And uh, for those interested, real quick, Jack Package. We'll talk more about that later. We will. I <laughs> talk more about that. Uh, that's just a little tea. That's what we in the business we call a teaser. That's right. That's what that's what we <laughs> in the other biz call just the tip. Just the tip. That's right. So uh, Ellen kicks Barney out, but tells Ted to stay. She can work with him. He's an architect. He's cute. She can do something for him. She tells him she just needs three days, and she'll find the woman he's gonna marry. You know, Ted's skeptical. Doesn't Very doesn't skeptical. believe. That he needs the help, you know? It's a big pond out there, you know? It's New York City. There's millions, nine million people in New York City. Well, Ellen crunches the numbers and reveals <laughs> in her own number-crunching way that there's only eight women out there for Ted. Eight women. Eight women. Now, this number got me thinking, because I thought it would have been really funny if throughout the show... Ted had like eight serious girlfriends, and you know, the I show. thought the same thing. And he did not. He had like I think it was six, five if you don't count uh, Karen who comes back. 
Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, and so I was, I was a little bummed out that we didn't get a few more in there and he had way, like way too many girls who he like quote unquote dated throughout the show, but weren't yeah. like in serious relationships. So like n- either way, it never would have worked out to eight. <laughs> he has a long list. I didn't realize like I, one of these, one of these days, I, you know, I want to go over some of the, 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 girls on this list because it's it's crazy how many Barney says it perfectly when Quinn makes him quote the show like when uh she like tell me everything and he like does the show in 60 seconds he's like you know Ted dated so-and-so and and then there was so-and-so and and he goes Ted's a great guy horrible closer the most true statement about this show ever yeah it's very true but I realized something and we'll talk about it when we get to that episode but I realized something that really made me laugh when I was watching today's episodes. Okay. So, without trying to jump ahead too, too far, two episodes from now is the Thanksgiving episode. And that was one of the ones we I had to watch today to get ready to do the, the recording today. Because uh, for those of you who don't know, we record a couple of these at a time, and then Josh just releases them every Monday. So, he's telling them the story of how he met their mother. And essentially... He ruins the ending of the show in the Thanksgiving episode, season one. And I never caught it until today when I was rewatching. Because I, I told you this, and I didn't say this when we were recording. Whenever I go on a binge watch of How I Met Your Mother, I never start with season one because it's my least favorite season out of all. Yeah. But going back and watching season one to do this show with you, when I got to the Thanksgiving episode, he meets the girl in the strip club. What's her name? Do you remember? Tracy. Yeah. Her name is Tracy. Yep. Right there. In that he says it to the kids, that's how I met your mother. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what? And he's like, kidding. But he wasn't kidding because he met a woman named Tracy. Yeah. And I, th- I was like, oh shit. They purposely, like, like Future Ted purposely uses that name to because that's the name of their mother yes. to trick. But we don't know that. So we don't know that. Her name is Tracy. No, but I just thought that was really kind of funny. Yeah. Like, I had never put two and two together enough to really think of about that until today. Yeah, that's cool. And I'm sure we'll dive into that, you know, when we do that episode. So, all right. So, at the bar, Marshall and Lily show up, visibly distraught. Lily takes Barney's drink a third time. <laughs> she just, she's just going to town on these drinks. We see a scene of them in the apartment. They see the thing. We don't have a name for it yet. Uh, and they try to ke- they try to kill it with some spray and a giant phone book. Now, <laughs> for you kids out there listening or watching, who don't know who are like, what's a phone book? What is that giant yellow book that Marshall's hitting this thing with? Well, a phone book is a large paper book <laughs> where everybody's phone number was printed in it that's right that was and a thing we yeah that, that was a thing we had back in the day <laughs> you know back before your magical little you know cellular device with a computer built into it you know true yeah. up that kind of shit for you we had tons of those uh all over the place it's yeah ridiculous and i mean okay they do still make them uh, which is weird to me. Uh, every because my before before dad died, he had a bunch of those in his apartment. Oh yeah, dude, it's ridiculous. He would always keep phone books 
all over the place. I'm just like, I didn't realize they were still. I haven't, I haven't gotten a phone book where I live in the five years I've lived here. Well, so. because for the most part, no, they don't deliver them door to door anymore. Yeah, but they put them in places like retirement homes or like assisted living facilities where dad lives because people who live in them are generally older. Yeah, that's true. That's true, and uh, they want to. They want to see. And he had his name was in the phone book. Like it was still in there. You know, so. I mean, in all fairness, Dad's that's called a landline, kids. <laughs> a landline with a, a phone that you plug into the wall. And you'd have got, to pick up a thing and dial a number. Mm-hmm. You Again, couldn't. You couldn't. You couldn't play Angry Birds on this thing. It was literally just a phone. I mean, theoretically, you possibly could have played Angry Birds on the phone, but I mean, the only I feel like the only way I'm playing Angry Birds with like a landline phone is if I take the receiver unhook it and chuck it at a pig. I'm not telling you what to do with your phone. (laughs) (laughs) Glue some feathers on it and just chuck it at a pig. Then we have one of the birds. Yep. You got it. You got it. See, you know, we're on the same wavelength there. And if you were really cool in like the late or like, like late nineties, they had clear telephones you could see all the inter- like internals. It they was like cool. They had like clear everything. That was like a that was a thing. That was. Yeah, you, know, you could get a you could get football a computer. Telephones. Yeah, yep, football telephone, all kinds of crazy stuff. Man, that's it's a bummer, you know. We don't have cool stuff like that anymore. Just Damn, saying. Kids in your fucking cell phones. Ah, <laughs> uh, the uh, so he, you know, like I said, they try to they try to kill this thing. And uh, it does not work. It, it just starts crawling away with the phone, the giant phone book on it. Uh, and they <laughs> so they reveal uh, that they did get a better look at the creature and that it has the features of both a mouse and a cockroach. Yep. And the what co- do they call it, John? The cockamouse. That's right. The cockamouse. Brilliant name. I gotta say, because you, mouse- you wouldn't call it uh, a mouse a cock ink and mouse cock. That's yeah. just dirty. That's just dirty. Absolutely. Uh, so Ted then comes in, and it has been five days since Love Solutions. Remember, Ellen promised him it would only be three <laughs> days. So Ted, being Ted, he's freaking out about it, of course. And Lily tells him not to Ted out about it. <laughs> Don't Ted out about this. And then he's like, wait a minute. Did you just use my name as a verb? Yeah. You know, don't Ted out. Kind of like don't Ted it up. All that jazz. Yeah. Have you ever have you ever done that to anybody or had it done to you? Yeah. Verba, verba, uh, verbalate someone's name? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you and I both did it for like a few months. We, we would uh, to say to MX something. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> There's only a few people out there in the world who will understand that reference. <laughs> I'm sure they're not watching this show. Probably not. So uh, Lily tells Ted to uh, give it a few more days. Yeah, you know, he's like, okay, I'll give it a few more days. And by days, he means minutes, because 20 minutes later, Ted shows up at Love Solutions, and Ellen is freaking out. There's n- like, absolutely no are- women out there for Ted. None, John. None. Not even one. Not even one. Not even one woman. Oh, but wait. There was one woman. There was. Taken. Yes, that's right. So she shows Ted 
the computer and how there's none. She has to she has to match you at a seven point compatibility or higher. And all you know, there's like fours and fives. And then Ted Spock's nine point six. Yeah, man, that's almost perfect. What about her? Well, it turns out six months ago she was already matched up. And so Ted's out of luck. Or is he? Ellen decides she's gonna go to lunch. You know, they leave, shut the door. Then Ted sneaks back in and gets that woman's information. I had a little uh, question here. Why the fuck did Ellen not lock the door? Better question is, why didn't she close out the profiles and, like, the programming? I mean, yeah, (laughs) I agree with that as well. But, like, Ted was right there. But, yeah, didn't even lock the door or anything. Yeah, she she just leaves. back into that office. Yeah, it's not like he waited a few minutes. Like, she left, walked down the hall, and I assume there's probably really one way out of that building. Probably. And, which means she knows that he didn't go with her. And he just goes right back in. It's like, I mean, come on, Ellen. Like, you're just yeah. asking for trouble now. Yeah, so. Uh, at the bar, Marshall draws a picture of the cockamouse. That he and Lily uh, are telling uh, Robin and a group of others, including Carl, the bartender, about. Uh, Robin does not believe them. Mentions Loch Ness monster. Uh, I think she, she, I think she mentioned. Does she mention Bigfoot in this scene? I know she at least mentions Loch Ness monster. I was going to say Marshall, I don't think she mentions Bigfoot in this scene. She might. Marshall not happy though. Uh, but uh, here, for those of you watching on YouTube, is the image of the cockamouse. Look at that creepy creature. I mean, I'll be honest. If I saw that thing crawling around my house, I'd probably get freaked out and try to try to smash it too. Just saying. I'm just saying. I'd, I'd, I'd smash that thing as hard as I could because uh, no thank you. Uh, on the other side of the bar, Ted is telling Barney about the girl. Uh, she is a dermatologist, just like somebody else that we meet later on in this show. One called Stella. That's right. I'll have more about that later on. Uh, Ted decides to meet her. See what happens. He goes in talking about uh, a mole that he's got. You know, he wants to get it checked out. You know, just an excuse, you know. Uh, He turns on that patented Teddy Boy charm and uses the info that he learned about her from Love Solutions. Makes me feel fine. (laughs) He He loves brunch. Unless it's with phonies, you know, you don't want no phonies like Ted. But I do want bacon. Absolutely. Bacon on top of bacon. Uh, He then asks her out with the side of bacon. He then asks her out, but she tells him that, sorry, she's getting married this Saturday. Saturday. (laughs) And then he says, what about Friday? (laughs) I'm not going to lie. So part of this scene kind of upsets me. Yeah. It's one thing if you're going to like steal this woman's information illegally, mind you. What he did was an in total invasion of honestly, this is a Barney move. Mhm. Like this was a total Barney move on Ted's point. This is one of the few times in the shows where I'm like, wow, Ted pulled some real creeper shit. This is like, how you know Ted's not actually ready to settle Yeah. Like, this ain't the kind of thing that you do when you're ready to settle down. No. But, like, he put, I mean, like, this is, like, serious creeper-level bullshit that Ted does on this one. Like, yeah. I'm like, fuck, man. 
No, she's, yeah, dude, I totally. Like you said, he's like, well, are you free Friday? Like, dude, she just told you she's getting married to a guy. Yeah. Like, fucking calm your dick. <laughs> Though, they did, those two did just meet six months ago, and they're already getting married. I was like, damn, okay. I mean, when you know, know, you know. I guess. It's like, hot diggity dog. All right. Uh, so back at the apartment, Marshall and Lily are setting a trap for the cockamouse. You know, classic pot, you know, propped up, something yeah. under it. This Class- one makes me laugh because I love I love Robin here. You think the rogue yeah. one will fall for your trip or your, yep. uh, you know, your, uh, your trap? And I'm like, wow. Dude, it's seriously, it's absolutely uh, like a Looney Tunes <laughs> or a uh, like a Tom and Jerry kind of trap. Oh, it really cool. is. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, Robin just busts their balls about it, which I think is great. Then Ted comes in, tells the group what happened uh, and that he told her to call him if the wedding doesn't work out. <laughs> Lily, not a fan of that. No, visibly uh, upset. Yeah, she she's she's not okay with that. Uh, Marshall comes out uh, about to school Robin on some uh, creature. We don't actually ever find out which, like what he's going on about he, in this specific scene. Um, I, I wonder if it's a Loch Ness monster because it was mentioned in like the scene previous. Well, that, Robin brings it up again during it. this one here, where she's like, you know, this is where the Bigfoot gets mentioned, and this is where Marshall like. He really takes it. He go he goes off and gets the book. Yeah. Uh and then you know, like I said, uh we don't really get to find out what, you know, he's going to say because he st- kind of stops himself, tells Ted that he got a message from Dr. O'Brien, uh and and that's kind of where it goes. Ted listens to it, you know, she wants to talk to him uh, about something Ted thinks it's about, you know, maybe she's, you know, not going to get married. Maybe she changed her mind. You know, he he's so self-indulgent about it that yeah. there's nothing else in his mind that he thinks it could be, you know. Uh, and so he decides to go down there. Uh, Robin and Barney leave, mocking Lily and Marshall. And as soon as they leave, the trap goes off. Yep. Marshall, Marshall says he's going to bring it to a friend of his at uh, the university lab. And then we head over to the doctor's office. Ted walks in. Dr. O'Brien tells him that there's a problem with the mole that he's got and that it should be removed. This is definitely not what uh, what Teddy Boy thought was going to happen. He was very surprised no. at this. So much so that he still asks her if she's getting married. And it's like, dude, really? Like, come on, man. Uh, and then he spills the beans about seeing her profile from Love Solutions and then tries to convince her that he's the right one for her. Yeah. So uh, this got me, this this whole thing got me thinking. Um, I am curious if this character was supposed to be what we got with Stella. Oh, you know what I mean? Maybe. Yeah. Like, like maybe originally this character was supposed to come back in a later season you know her marriage didn't work out her and ted start doing all this stuff you know maybe and and then the she leaves him for that guy that would have been kind of a neat turnaround right 
Um, because if you look at it, you know, she's a dermatologist, just like Stella. She looks like she's that kind of blonde, straight hair. She kind of looks like, like Stella. And I'm like, I, I really, I'd love to talk to the, to the showrunners and be like, was this character supposed to come back? And you just, just, for some reason, you couldn't bring this specific character back. And so you just essentially copied her and made Stella because, I mean, yeah. Otherwise, it uh, it feels to me like karma is just paying close attention to Ted here because, you know, Ted ready to break up an engagement to, you know, involving a dermatologist. And then that same thing happens to him. Yeah. Stella, I mean, know? theoretically, that could be kind of more what happened, too, because, like, Stella is one of the major reasons why Ted really starts to settle down. Yeah. And then, like, he gets fucking shafted in that whole instance. Tell me how cool it would have been to see Dr. Sarah O'Brien come back and be this Stella character. I feel like it would have worked really well because, like, we would already had this past, you know, stuff with her where we knew, the, you know, okay, she got married. Obviously, Ted, you know, knew, uh, you know, she knew that Ted was interested. They had this almost perfect off the charts compatibility. Uh, and then you get that whole thing where they're about to get married. She leaves for the ex who we know about then, you know, there's, yeah. cause there's, there's more backstory there for it. I think it, I don't know. I think it would have been kind of awesome. I think that would have been. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how, cause like we probably wouldn't have had, I mean, there's no probably we wouldn't have had the, the kid part of it. Um, because the Sarah and this dude were together for six months. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so she wouldn't have had a kid the age of her, you know, Stella's, Stella's no. kid. Um, so they obviously would have had to have changed some of that stuff, but I don't know. I think it would have been interesting. I would have, uh, you know, in another world, right. <laughs> and, and, you know, if, uh, if we're watching Loki, it's like in another timeline. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would have, I think it would have been interesting. Um, so Ted has a mini freak out uh, because he doesn't think that he'll ever find love. Uh, but Sarah talks him down. And then we head over to the university where Marshall reveals the cockamouse to his friend. But to his dismay, the pot is empty. Empty. Dun, dun, dun. And we never see that friend again. <laughs> Why? probably fucking killed himself. Right? <laughs> He's probably like that motherfucker. Marshall just ruined my career. My I told, career. I told everybody about this thing, and now I'm, you know, I've been embarrassed. I've been shunned from the university. You know, that's how it works. See, that's the kind of those are the stories we want to hear. The side stories of how Ted and Marshall <laughs> destroyed people's lives. <laughs> At least once a week. Yes. Uh, so, you know, we go back to the apartment. Lily and Robin see uh, the cockamouth. Robin finally sees it, believes, obviously, because it's right there in front of her eyes. And uh, Robin throws her martini on it. I don't know what time of day it is. But, you know, she's... It doesn't matter what time of day it is. <laughs> right? It's 5 o'clock somewhere, right? Isn't that what they say? I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, so Marshall runs in, grabs it, and chucks it out the window. And they're like, you know, it just starts flying. Suddenly yeah. this thing can fly. And they're like, it's so <laughs> majestic. 
this majestic creature. And then it turns around, starts flying back toward them. They slam the window shut and it just crashes into the window. And that scene to me, just that shot is hilarious because it's obviously just like some dude off screen just chucking this whatever they used at the window. It's just hilarious (laughs) to me. (laughs) Ah. Well, what was your? Uh, I don't know if you are, if you remember the first time you watched it, but <coughs> do you remember what your reaction to it f- suddenly flying was? I was curious. just like, I, it made me wonder how it could fly though, because like cockroaches nor mice fly, so like, yeah. Well, I mean, they can't fuck either, but hey, there we oh. go. <laughs> Who knows, man? Yeah. Who knows? A, uh, it's an abomination uh, of science. That's that's all you need. Yeah. Uh, so then we head back to Love Solutions. Ted tells Ellen that he wants his money back. Ellen is spiraling because she can't find him a match. Her one hundred percent rate, you know, uh, perfection rate is, is just out the window. Uh, and Ted, at this point, Ted has to talk her down, which yep. I think is interesting. You know, he kind of has this kind of like self realization. Uh, with himself that you know he will find love one day because he believes that he will uh and ellen says that she'll continue the search and that's where the episode ends i love Uh, what ted says to her though ted's like you know you are gonna do it and now you're gonna do it for free free he's at these great so uh i had a little fun fact here about this uh, episode ellen she's looking for a match for ted and she sets the parameters at five years younger, five years older. Well, the mother is six years, four months, and 20 days younger than him. Oh. So she would never have been in that parameter search. So I don't know if she was single at in the first season in 2005. Uh, I don't remember if they revealed that or, or not, but no matter what, she was not destined to be found yet. That's crazy. Right? I thought that I thought that was a cool little cool little tidbit. All right. You're so tidbit. you're a tidbit. All right. So that's the episode. Episode seven matchmaker. John, what are your uh, final thoughts on the episode? I mean, it's a, it's an okay episode. Really it really sets the guidelines for like you kind of sometimes don't know what to expect from the High Night Your Mother crew. It's true. I mean, you got something that was like completely like a made up thing in this episode with the whole cockamouse yeah. while still dealing with Ted's bullshit whininess and sometimes Barney like actions. It's true. Uh, I I do love the cockamouse portion of this episode. It's it's a fantastic. I, I don't know. I love the cockamouse. <laughs> to, I mean, I me. think cockamouse is great. Like I said, I like you had said before we started recording though. I never, I don't, I never think I realized that both of those were the same episode. Yeah, because I mean, unlike previous, you know, some previous episodes, this one doesn't have it doesn't mirror like the the A and B story yeah. don't mirror each other in any way. No, they're they're just completely different. You have um, Marshall, Lily, and Robin doing one thing, and you've got Ted and Barney doing another thing. Essentially, yep. is what's going on here. And yeah, it's just, just two different. Compl- that's why I didn't realize that they were in the same episode because 
there's really zero connection. Yeah. I was going to say, it's one of the few times where, like, there's also, like, I mean, I know it's because the stories don't overlap, but, like, the gang is essentially, Barney's the only one who's doing things in both sides. Like, Robin really does interact with Ted in this episode. I mean, a few times, like, when they're all at the bar for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. And, And, I mean, really, it's Robin who kicks off the love solution thing because she's interviewing Ellen at the beginning of the episode. But yeah. past past that, it's it's really it's not there. So yeah, it's a uh, I like the love solution stuff. Um, it it just it's just uh, it, it's not one of the great storylines. You know what I mean? It's just a setup for yeah, for I'll more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and like I said, it's not bad or anything like that. It's but it's it's just a setup for more Ted stuff. I mean, that's all it is, really. Um, and I mean, it does come back later on both parts of this episode both sides of this episode do come back in future episodes which i think is cool um but i i feel like i'd probably like the love solution storyline more if sarah was stella you know because then it would really have a deeper connection you should see if you can reach out and find out if there's any validity to what you think yeah yeah i'm definitely i'm gonna see if i can hit him up on twitter and See what I mean, <laughs> that's like you said. That's oh, I mean, especially considering both names are S names. Yeah, I mean, the only real difference is, like you said, the kid, and that could be explained like with an adoption or something like that, or or they, or you know, it could just be she could be gone. Like there could maybe there's just no kid, and they just rewrite stuff in the story. Yeah, you know, that's what they probably would have done. But I mean, um, like, yeah, that's yeah. that's just too coincidental. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, all right, so uh, that's the episode, but now it is time for a segment that we do every time uh, while we have it called Barney's, Barney's Blog. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know. I feel like I should come up with a jingle for this thing, man. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I'll, maybe. I'll reach out to Neil Patrick Harris. I'm like, Neil, buddy, I need a <laughs> jingle. <laughs> I think I might see if I can just like get some uh like some sound clips of him like saying suit up and, and some other things and yeah. I'll make a little weird little jingle out of it. I think that could work. Fair enough. We'll, we'll see. Keep an eye out on a future episode. One of these days there'll be a jingle for that thing. All right. So this uh edition of Barney's blog is entitled Barney's Mail Sack. That's right. And it includes uh, a couple of Dear Abby type emails where, uh, you know, a, a woman and a man both write into him uh, for love advice. And he, you know, in his Barney fashion, writes them back, uh, you know, kind of misogynistic to the woman. Well, really to both. But, uh, you know, giving the guy not great advice. And then they show the questionnaire that I gave a little teaser of uh, earlier, which is right here, uh, which I think is great. It's dated uh, November 1st, 2005, Jack Pacage. And then, you know, he just kind of goes through uh, some of the things that I found funny in this uh, question two: have you ever cheated on a partner? He checked no, but put it in quotations, which I thought was funny. Uh, are, are you comfortable around children? He originally checked no, but crossed it off to check yes, because, you know, saying no would probably not get him as many dates. I think the one that really makes me laugh is is number three. 
Are you best friends with someone of the opposite sex? And he put no. Hmm, yeah. That's slap, uh, slap at Lily. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but he knows how to play the game. You True know what I mean? Standard. You know, he, he absolutely knows how to play this game the, the way it needs to be done. And if he had been able to actually get in to love solutions, I think he would have probably wound up with several, several picks. You know what I mean? I really do. Uh, we had a few other uh, interesting ones. Favorite holiday, Mother's Day, which I think is uh, interesting. Um, but <laughs> one of the ones that really made me laugh was, what is your guilty pleasure? It says, reading poetry uh, at the beach, on a horseback, <laughs> at sunset, by the fire. It's like, wow, dude. He just ticked all those boxes. Uh, and then in one, in one word, so at the bottom, number nine, in one word, describe yourself hung. It's like, he just kind of stopped trying to be that sensitive kind of guy and just went full force Barney on that question. Number seven though, bro. What do you hate the most? Armageddon the movie. Yes. Armageddon the movie. What is the little shit around number 10 say? So how many partners have we had in the last three years? And he's got four question mark. And then there's something really tiny written down there. Let me see if I can. Oh, I, they, it looks like names oh. that in, in the, in the first one looks like names. And then he kind of scratched it off. And then the second, the one on the other side looks like it starts off on the top. It says 2003. And then it's a bunch of hash marks. Yeah. Uh, see, and there's 20, 40, 45. Looks like there's about 48. Uh, I'm assuming just for 2003. And so then he crosses that off and just writes four question mark. <laughs> yeah. Classic Barney. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I got to I'm so happy that they put the, the questionnaire in the blog because I love just seeing that little. The attention to detail on the stuff like that that they do in the blog is yes. hilarious to me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that there was Barney's blog uh, for this week's episode. Episode 7 of Season 1, Matchmaker. Ooh. John, let everybody know where they can find you on the interwebs. Ooh, ooh. Find me on the interwebs at this right here. Simply saying at J1. On Twitter, also on Facebook. Not a hard person to find, really. Uh, you can throw me a line anywhere. You can find me. Shoot the shit with me. We'll have a conversation about anything. Um, Josh, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at JP Rainer. That's J-P-R-A-Y-N-O-R. Or right down here at Movie Blog Merc. That is the uh, Twitter page for my site, Merc with Movie Blog, where you are watching this right now. Merkley Movie Blog, the YouTube channel. What? Uh, <laughs> but if you're listening to it, you, you are listening to it thanks to Last Call, H-I-M-Y-M. That's right. That is the handle for our socials for Last Call. McLaren's Twitter, uh, and really, I think it's just Twitter and Anchor. <laughs> Last Call, H-I-M-Y-M. Uh, find us wherever you can. You know, we're around. I'm always doing something, you know, willing to talk. Talk some How I Met Your Mother. We love it. You love it. So join us for this 
awesome conversation. <laughs> All right, John. What else you got for him? You don't have to go home, but you can't listen here. That's right, folks. Catch you later.